there, there's the intro. Upworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, everybody. This is the Upworthy Weekly Podcast, the best kept secret in podcasting. And my name is Todd Perry. And with me is the wonderful Allison Rosen. I am a staff writer here at Upworthy. And Allison is the host of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend, a fantastically funny podcast, and Childish with co-host Greg Fitzsimmons. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Yes, happy Saturday to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's been a bad week, and I hate having to do the shows that open with we're doing a weekly wrap-up show and wrapping up a, a week that has been obviously hard for many, many people as, you know, we're both parents and my wife's a school teacher and so it, it really hits home. Uh, but here we are, so I figured that the best thing we could do is try to cram in as many good vibey, good feely stories as possible within our time together so we could kind of like... We could just, you know, joy bomb the situation and maybe get a little perspective on the world that it's not all bad, that there is good stuff happening and there is positivity. And I think that's the best thing we can do. So, you know, may we yeah, do that. So, some, sometimes I will see people when Twitter gets especially bleak and I do spend too much time there and it is always especially bleak, but I'll see someone like post a puppy photo and say, you know, cleansing the timeline, saging the timeline. So this episode is sort of a mental cleansing of your mental timeline. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's a great way of looking at it. So on today's show, we just have lots of positive stories went digging uh, through everything that happened this week and found just the good, good feel good stuff to share with everybody. But before we get to that, this week, Allison, I think I did something that could be could be referred to as upworthy. I'll be the judge of that. Okay. Well, it's not like, you know, I was out in the Himalayas with somebody and my master fell down a cliff and I kept them warm with my fur. Um, right. I, I didn't do that. But... <laughs> It all started a couple weeks ago. My wife had a fundraiser at her school. And, you know, you have dinner, drinks, and an auction, and dancing. And, you know, towards the end of the evening, the music teacher came up to me. And this was strategically planned, I could tell, because I had a couple vodkas. And came over to my table and goes, Mr. Perry, which, being that I'm married to Mrs. Perry, you know, I I get the honor of... uh, I'm not not just the king of good news, you know. Uh, Right. So... She came up to me and she was like, you know, your wife says that you play guitar. I was like, oh, well, yes. Yes, I do. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's known, you know. And she <laughs> says, could, could you ever, you know, want to come over and play for the kids? Oh, of course. Don't worry about it. You know me. Oh, anything for the children, Mrs. Drucker, anything for no problem, whatever. And then she pulls out her calendar and goes, we know with Thursday the 26th. Be-. I was like, oh, I didn't know I was going to actually have to do this. I thought this was Was this just- a paper? A paper calendar or an, a phone calendar? It was a Palm Pilot. Okay. Wow. No, I don't. I, don't, I, I think <laughs> it was an iPhone. Okay. But, so actually, I got put down to do it, and then I got super nervous. Like, 
mm-hmm. I have to perform at lunchtime, three lunchtimes, mind you, because they, they don't have enough benches or something. So they take the kids out at separate times. Got it. So I got really nervous and I, but I did it and I stood beneath an easy up in the shade with my Fender Telecaster and a crappy crate amp and I went to play for the children and I have some audio of it. Oh man. So this, this, this shows resilience in the face of heckling in the face of, imagine fourth and fifth grade kids before we talked about like the scariest thing on earth is laughing teenagers. Yes. I mean, but this is right under that. Yeah. So I, I open with, you know, the kids are all excited because they hear me kind of tuning up. and You know, it's like mm-hmm. the beginning of Sergeant Pepper. You know, the instruments are getting ready. And, um, of course, you know, it's just like Sergeant Pepper when I play. But Yeah, just like that. A reference that I'm sure that they would get and be excited about. That was part of the learning this time. <laughs> but so I come Do they out- even care about guitar? Oh, they were really excited about it, actually. It's, okay. It's this big, loud, noisy thing, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, so my first line is, who loves Taylor Swift? <laughs> and the ki- and now I got the girls, uh, claps, woo, you know, mm-hmm. T-Swizzle. And with the boys, <laughs> boo, hiss. Oh, boy. I'm surprised I didn't get hit with a milk carton. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, all right, well, you know what, you know. I'm just gonna do it. So this is this is me performing uh, "Shake It Off" in front of oh. the kids. Oh wow! And and already you've lost half of them. Already, yeah. I gotta bring them back. You know. Right. So, but but also, you know, the audio's not that great, and I didn't have a microphone, thank God, so you can't really hear me singing. But you you catch the vibe of, of what's happening here. So you can hear I some mean, of the. Oh. What a hard crowd, Todd! And you brought them around. What did the boys want to hear? Lizzo? No. <laughs> Harry Styles? That oh, I should have done Lizzo. Uh, <laughs> my buddy Oscar suggested Cardi B, and I thought uh, that'd be fun. But no, the first kid that yells out a song, the first boy, can you believe this? He says, "Play some Rush." Oh wow! It's like. These 65-year-old men? Are we in Canada? Oh, my gosh. They so, like Rush? I, I could I, get behind that. Play a little Tom Sawyer for the kids? <laughs> but it's but so, like, you know, I I go out there, and then here's... Then I get the boys on my side. I don't have audio of this, because this bit is going too long. But well, uh, immediately... <laughs> went into Smells Like Teen Spirit. 
hit that distortion pedal, and the boys uh-huh. were in, in the palm of my hand. So the, the boys also requested a cover of Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. I delivered. Oh, wow. And I left a hero. So my wow, advice. Todd, that's so cool. Thank you. My advice, I'd say to everybody, when you go up there and the haters are going to hate, 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 right? Mm. You just shake it off. <laughs> I told, have I told the story here that my therapist's advice for negative comments in comment sections to me is haters going to hate? And I'm like, I pay for this. I, I love her. She's like a wonderful therapist. But but when she says haters gonna hate, I'm always like, I pay for this. Like, do, can we? Don't you have anything else in there? <laughs> must have felt so deflated. Well, I don't actually say that. I mean, and she gives credit to Taylor Swift when oh, she good. says it, and she's she, right. She also says, "Don't read comments. Comments make you crazy." And I'm like, but. Can- can we just explore this a little more? Can I have it? Both? I mean, she's right, though. She is 100% right. Uh, don't read it and shake it off. What else can you do? Yeah. You know, what, are we, what are we looking for from these that's people? That's what people say. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, oh, it would be nice. That's what people say. Uh, yeah. Um, well, listen, Todd, that's great. I, I think you're a hero to some young children now. Thank you. Much like the Wu-Tang, Todd Perry is for the children. So, Allison, what do we have in the news this week? All right. Well, uh, a Florida teen came up with a clever way to, quote, say gay in his graduation speech after being warned not to. So Xander Moritz, he's a senior and the president of his graduating class at Pine View School in Osprey. This is in Florida. uh, Was warned, you know, not to say gay. This is the, the... so-called don't say gay bill in Florida in his graduation speech. And he came up with a pretty clever way around this. And uh, this went viral. So we have some uh, quotes from his speech. Uh, He said, I must discuss a very public part of my identity. He told a silent auditorium full of onlookers. As you know, he continued, and then he removed his cap. I have curly hair. I used to hate my curls. I spent mornings and nights embarrassed of them, trying to desperately straighten this part of who I am. But the daily damage of trying to fix myself became too much to endure. There are going to be so many kids with curly hair who need a community like Pineview, and they will not have one. Instead, they'll try to fix themselves so that they can exist in Florida's humid climate. That was, oh. uh, there was a dot, dot, dot in there. These are, <laughs> yes. Oh, we have audio. Oh, great. Okay, let's see. That is why I must discuss a very public part of my identity. This characteristic has probably become the first thing you think of when you think of me as a human being. As you know, I have curly hair. (laughs) (laughs) I used to hate my girls. I spent mornings and nights embarrassed of them, trying desperately to straighten this part of who I am. But the daily damage of trying to fix myself became too much to endure. So, while having curly hair in Florida is difficult, due to the humidity, I decided to be proud of who I was and started coming to school as my authentic self. Here, it was Miss Ballard who answered my questions because I didn't have other curly-haired people to talk to. It was Mr. Pauling who read essays about curls costing me an opportunity that I really wanted. It was my friends that told me that curls look good on me and that I should stop biting them. 
It was a messy and twisted growth process, but eventually I did. It's because of the love I've drawn from this community that I came out to my family. Now I'm happy. Now I'm happy. And that is what is at stake. There are going to be so many kids with curly hair who need a community like Pineview, and they will not have one. Instead, they'll try to fix themselves so that they can exist in Florida's humid climate. I've been preparing for this speech since I was elected my freshman year. Do you think that I wanted it to be about this? It, it needs to be about this for the thousands of curly-haired kids who are going to be forced to speak like this for their entire lives as students. Because my principal has always loved my girls and me. Those who we have given our power to are the reason that I have to stand here and talk about my hair during my graduation speech. Yeah, wow. That is powerful stuff and shows just how ridiculous the Don't Say Gay Bill is and the real-world effects that it has on real people. And yes, and that he was a, he was able to talk about himself right. and be part of a community, but other kids won't. And what what the damage is going to be at that, uh, is, is unbelievable. And an 18-year-old shouldn't have to negotiate this. I mean, this is like, what is this, the 50s? Right. It's hard enough being a kid, but to have to use euphemisms and doublespeak like that. Um, and apparently three teachers wore Say Gay stickers on their, um, like, the, the kind of gowns that teachers wear during graduations. And, and he has said that he feels that his principal is like under immense pressure, but that his principal, he, he said it in the speech, supports him and is a good guy. And he's the youngest, uh, um, oh my God, what's it called when you're not the defendant in a case, you're the- Plaintiff. Prosecution. Plaintiff? Plaintiff. <laughs> Plaintiff in, in this don't say gay bill- lawsuit in the state um yeah i mean it's just it's just madness i'm so i know this is not an upworthy statement but i'm just so dismayed right now let we need more more cleansing of the timeline todd upworthy Upworthy weekly man uses tiktok to offer quote dinner with dad to any kid that needs one even the adult ones i love that this i watched the video of this and i was like (laughs) (laughs) summer clayton is the father of 2.4 million kids birth control summer come on no documentary about him on netflix yeah uh and he couldn't be more proud his tiktok channel is dedicated to giving people intimate conversations they long to have with their own father but can't the most popular is his dinner with dad segment the concept is simple Clayton, a.k.a. Dad, always sets down two plates of food. He always tells you what's for dinner. He always blesses the food. And he always checks in with how you're doing. And the first thing that got me on this was was not the emotional music, but he had a bomb plate of Kahlua pork and a huge full thing of sriracha. And that, to me, is like having like the, cor- you know, the Kahlua beef, the cabbage, Sriracha, and then you mix it all together. Maybe you got some mac salad on the side, double carb rice. Anyway, sorry, but did you call it a bomb plate, like B O M B? I did, I did. Okay, just want to make sure. I was gonna add, uh, 
an ass to it, bomb ass, and then I was like, this is upworthy show. <laughs> right. So anyway, here's the audio clip. You can just picture him nicely sitting down, looking right into the camera, and that's you talking to the dad, you know, that maybe not, maybe he isn't around for dinner. Hey, how are you? Hot sauce? Can I have some of mine already? Yeah. A lot of hot sauce. More, Dad. Thank you for this food. Amen. Yes. How have you been, man? I could really Give get some of this little pork. Give me one challenging thing, okay? Start with a good thing. My kid. That's pretty good. That's pretty awesome. Bravo. Thank you. Proud of you. <laughs> All right, what was one challenging thing that happened? All right. Allison. No. My co-host I turned off your mic during that bit Allison I'm sorry oh, I, okay I understand yeah I just want to make sure um, yeah so I oh, yeah so I just thought that was super sweet and uh, you know as somebody who grew up in a, a, a you know broken home like everybody else in my generation, uh, that kind of thing is super sweet when you see the dads that are going out of their way to kind of be a parental figure to uh, kids that don't have that. So it is very touching. And I, I, I really admire the dads that go out of their way beyond just kind of what they have to do in order to provide that to somebody. And the guy's just doing it over TikTok. But I think in some way it provides an example to fathers out there. Uh, about what it's like to do your job and, and do it correctly. Mm-hmm. That is sweet. And then, oh. Well, this is a real tangent, but there, I keep encountering this TikTok. It's like a, I don't know if I would call it a meme, but I think it's, I think it's like a, a meme or it's a, a trend, but it's someone uh, FaceTiming. It's like the sound of an unanswered FaceTime in the back. And then it's like a gal sitting there. And then on the screen, it's like FaceTiming my mom for the fifth time today to tell her uh, my coffee was extra delicious this morning. I, you know, I, I got to school drop off quickly. Um, I'm watching this show. My mac and cheese was a little bit too salty, but like a whole bunch of uh, you know, inconsequential things. And I have thought to myself, I've never related to something less. Like, I am not one of the, I do not FaceTime my mom 14 times a day. We do not have that kind of like, we just talk. We just, I, we are not BFFs and we don't talk 16 million times a day. Um, and just to get real, real deep, uh, this was around Mother's Day that this came up the first time. I've seen it mm-hmm. subsequent times since. And I saw it. And then later that day, all of a sudden, I just like started crying a little bit because I guess I was like, I wish I had that. <laughs> Even though I, it seems like a little much, actually. I don't know that that's like the, the ideal healthy relationship either. But I don't know. Do you, do you or does your wife have that with uh, any parents? No. I, I mean, I talk to my mom like once a week and we have like a long conversation and we get on mm-hmm. great and that's it. And then I talk to my dad maybe once every six weeks and uh, we we both drunk dial each other and uh, have a great, great chat. Uh, and I talk to him <laughs> and my stepmom. So, yeah, I, do, I, I think I have a healthy relationship with my parents. I, I, I want to see like what life is like for the person who is FaceTiming their mom five times a day. 
mm-hmm. whether they're paying their bills, whether they're personally right. responsible for their whole life, any of those yeah. things. Right. Interesting. I ha- I do think a little bit it's a generational thing. I think some younger mm. people do like I wonder what kind of relationship I'll have with my kids when they're older, like if they will FaceTime me more. Um I think that people younger than us are closer whose parents had them when the parents were older have that a little bit. Like maybe Declan will end up FaceTiming you and Sarah more. Santa Mo? I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. You know, the thing is I I can't I don't FaceTime often with my mom because she has a jitterbug. So <laughs> you can't FaceTime a jitterbug. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I start- love FaceTime. Oh. No, it's like. Yeah. Um, and that was a great visual bit for everybody listening on podcast. I, you know, <laughs> I thought, like, how would I do this if I was making TikTok videos, um, you know, out there to try to, you know, be super dad myself, you know, try to be America's dad? Mm-hmm. Uh, h- how would I do it? And so I was just kind of like, so, Allison, could you. Just possibly play my daughter in this interaction. Oh, sure. Yeah. Pick what age. You just pick an age. 40s. <laughs> you want me to be young? I'll be, uh, I'll, be a, I'll be a teen. Okay. All right. That makes it tough. Okay. Would so. you like me to be younger? No, it's fine. Teenage okay. is fine. Okay, great. How was your day at school today, Allison? I uh, I know that you've been suffering with being bullied. Fine. Could you talk to me a little bit more about that? <sighs> it was fine. Anyway, Dad. you know what I was thinking. Uh, did you hear about uh, what the Raiders did earlier this week? Dad. Did you hear about that? So you know. Uh, you know, they worked out Colin Kaepernick, and do you really think that they're going to sign Kaepernick? Dad! I don't like the Raiders! Dad! See, this? I see. I don't know. I think th- well, this is how it would go, because I think this is the one-way kind of conversation I want to have with my child that I, I just can't quite, quite do, you know? Let me be a son that cares about sports. Let's okay. do it again. Okay. Okay. Hey, Al. Hi. Did you hear about what the Raiders did yesterday? Yes, but you tell me, Dad. No, no, I want to make sure that you're getting the same information I am, that you're not reading fake football news. Well, I stole your football news magazine. Um, I'm just learning to read, but I traced my finger along the words, and I read that Colin Kaepernick did something great. (laughs) <laughs> Kaepernick! Kaepernick! Dad, I love you! Dad! You're not my son! Dad, I love you! Dad! You look like the guy who works at the deli at Stater Brothers, I knew it! I love that guy too, Gary! Yeah. Gary from Stater Brothers? Yeah. And then I was thinking if my dad did this, it would be like... I feel like... This oh wait, it's the wrong. It's the wrong link. If it was my dad, it would be like, "Hey, hey Allison, 
Hi. Did you watch Tucker Carlson last night and hear about the Great Replacement Theory? What? How about What's Hannity? That? Did you know that Disney is grooming kids? What? What is that? So, what do you mean? So don't you? Okay, who do you really think it is? Is it Bill Gates or George Soros that are behind the high gas prices right now? What? Oh God, really? So okay. It's, that's, that's a, a tough little, conversation to have every little, six weeks. A little extreme. Uh, so I was thinking, <clears throat> oh, also the dad in this thing, I'll end with this one, just palate cleanse to go back to pure sweetness. Uh, <laughs> are, are we doing what we set out to do here? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a distraction. That's true. That's true. Don't, don't bring up we're distracting. If you bring up the distraction, then people know that you're distracting. Oh, and they sorry. Think about the thing. From, the, from what? Yes, you're right. Pink elephant. Lest we think, we must act. You know, uh, so that I, I like this dad audio where he he pulls a dad joke about a birthday and then gets into the birthday. Oh, I feel like there's something special going on today. I don't remember what it was though. Um. Anyway, you got some dishes in the sink. All right, see you later. Happy freaking birthday! Happy birthday! Oh, and he pulls Happy out the birthday cake. To you. Let's get this bad boy lit. Happy birthday! He's got a lighter. To you. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Not a Zippo, but. Happy birthday! Ah, uh, it's super sweet. I remember growing up, I always felt strongly, weirdly, that like birthday cakes should be lit with matches. And at one time, a mom pulled out a lighter and I was like, oh, she must be a smoker. So weird. what a weirdly judgmental child I was. I would I, if I had a lighter, I would pull it out. Yeah. We, and I, I we have now like those long lighters. It's weird. I don't well, I guess I did have a fireplace in one of my uh, in, a, in a previous apartment. Good story, Allison. Thank you. Upworthy Weekly. <laughs> I thought I heard something. I was frightened that I was going to be hit with an alarm or something. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so Leah Menzies, 18-year-old Leah Menzies, starts dating the love of her life. Uh, and you always want the love of your life to meet your mom. But sadly for Leah, and don't worry, it's gonna get, it, it gets uplifting, even though it's sad for a moment. Uh, her mom died when she was seven. Oh. So it's always bittersweet for her when she is you know, meeting a potential soulmate because they can't meet her mom so anyway she starts dating this guy thomas mcclaude and she goes over to his house and his mom does something which my parents have done this to me as well uh and it's hugely embarrassing but, but his mom pulls out uh a baby album childhood album of his to show leah i'm just cringing thinking about this and they open it up to some kindergarten pictures of his and he starts like freaking out because lo and behold, his kindergarten teacher is Leah's mom. That is unbelievable. He had, he had met Leah's mom. So they had this connection. So even though Leah was sad that he was never going to meet her mom, he actually knew Leah's mom. Now, here's the part. And this is why I am a real ace reporter and a gumshoe. Hmm. People use that term anymore? I don't think so. Uh, I've done no 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 digging on my own. I just want to point out 
everyone in the story and everything, people are like, he was three years old when he met her mom. Her mom was his kindergarten teacher. But no one's pointing out he was in kindergarten when he was three. What a smart little dude he was. Apparently he was in kindergarten when he was three. I don't know. I guess we're just left to ponder that. Yeah, I, I, I read that part too. And I was like, All right, maybe somewhere where they start kindergarten early. Or maybe they have like 17, 18 grades in, in this elementary school, you know? Mm, that seems less likely than just either it's a misprint or I doubt that, or he just was super advanced. Or he was I just, mean, this is some real Doogie Hauser stuff. Well, you know, some people just don't really remember things that well. They're like, I don't know, I was like three when I was in kindergarten, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to like nitpick, but I feel like of the things one remembers, like someone coming out of a coma or, you know, who bonks their head or something and they're trying to, you know, ask them questions to assess their mental state. What age are you when you're in kindergarten? That person would know the answer is five. Hmm. So if an, think? if an anvil. Yes. Hits yeah. Danville. Yeah. <laughs> he would five. And he might not know anything else. He might not know who he's married to. He wouldn't know who the president is. He wouldn't know whether he likes that Mariah Carey Christmas song or not, but he'd know five. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit odd. But, you know, back to the heart of the story. Mm. Do you think that it puts a little bit of additional pressure on the relationship knowing that they have this yes. past? Yes, yes, yes. Times a thousand. Because like it, it's like, oh, my God, we're fated to be. Right. It was like my mom knew that she was going to get hit in the head with an anvil when I was seven. So mm-hmm. she set up and raised this boy, plucked him from a nursery at three years old and brought him into the kindergarten class so right. she could rear him to take good care of, you know, her daughter. She's got like yes. the, she's got to be thinking that on some level, even if she's, she has zero belief in the supernatural, that still has to be in the back of her head. And she probably has to have these moments where she's like, are you there, mom? You mm-hmm. know, and then it's mom. Me, Leah. Yeah. And then mom force ghosts like, you know, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it's like, you will date him. You will keep him happy. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you are will- like, he ate paste and pooped his pants. He couldn't use scissors. <laughs> right. Finish my work. Teach him to read. <laughs> You know, then if he was three, you got to think like she, 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 she cleaned him up after the bathroom, you know? Right. I mean, if he was pooping his pants at three, that's actually age appropriate. Yeah. My three-year-old is doing that too. So, Mm. and also can't use scissors and doesn't even have access to paste. So I take it back. As long as he's pooping his pants, you know? Not someone else's. Yeah. Fair point. Yes. I think it would. Well, I know for myself, if I were in this situation, I would definitely be like, this has to work because it's got all this extra pressure on it now. Because the story, it's such a beautiful, and, and not only personally is it such a beautiful story, it's like blown up virally and there's all these people, because they made TikTok videos about it. And uh, now it's, you know, etched in stone on TikTok. So now there's all these people who need it to happen too. Yeah. Yeah. They need it for their own, you know, 
for for their right. own, you know, they're, they're they're rooting for them. And but then you think like they're they're like eighteen. What relationship right. lasts that's happy from the age of eighteen that you've ever heard of? This that's that's the argument I always take. I mean, I don't publicly take that argument when I find like a couple who are eighteen. I don't tell them it's doomed or anything. Uh, <laughs> however. When I meet people who were high school sweethearts who still seem happy together, I always think to myself that I never would have been able to pull that off. I met Danville when I was 35 going on 36. Um, and I, I was a not very mature 18-year-old. I thought I was very mature. That's an indication of how immature I was. And I changed a lot. Um, it just took, yeah, I was just a late bloomer. So whoever I met at 18 would have had to change a lot in like a very similar way to be able to be the right person for me as an adult. Um, I always wonder the people who happened to find the right person for them when they were young, like, were they very mature then? Or were they just on the same trajectory as that person? Did they just kind of stop maturing? How does that work? It's kind of magical to me. Yeah, and it's always like the people that stay together that were that age is because they had that like a kid and stuck together for the kid is usually when you see oh, people yeah. still together. So I don't know. It, I, You know, here's what I say. Good luck. And if you do break up, you're betraying the wishes of your deceased mother. No, I think your mom would want you to be happy. Upworthy Weekly. Sisters asked their stepmom to adopt them in emotional video. Quote, she was always there for us. On May 9th, Gabriella Ruvalo and her sister Juliana sat their mom down between them before gifting her a photo book to honor her on Mother's Day. Now, it says mother, I guess she was the stepmother, but we'll get into that. She flipped through the book and the two girls got emotional. And uh, They're 20, by the way. And tears flowed down their faces they're trying to hold it together, and when the stepmom got to the end of the book, her face lit up because there was a message that said, quote, Mom, will you adopt us? Uh, on the final page with a picture of the three of them, she started crying, head down in the book, and said, of course I will. Here's, here's the audio for that. It is really emotional. Sweet. It's like it's that thing where the silent cry, which is like the deepest cry. The, <laughs> the deepest cry. Well, there's also that cry of the guy who was on intervention that they play often. The guy, oh! but yeah. that silent, like it's going to take me 45 seconds to make a noise. Like the the thing caught in my throat is so massive, I'm choking on it. You know, mm-hmm. that's the cry I did when I watched Sisterhood. Of the- oh, when you watched Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh my God, that movie is so sad. I'll take your word. Really made me cry. I cry. I started trying to stifle the cry and then just full bawling in the theater. Okay, carry on with your little clip here. So stepmom Becky is overcome when she reads the request from Juliana and Gabriella asking her to officially adopt them. Becky is crying so hard, it does actually prompt one of the twins to ask, 
Is that a yes? The women were prepared for that yes. They already had the adoption paperwork ready to go in those folders there, handing it to Becky, who then shouts, get me a pen. That is pretty incredible. And I think it's so beautiful because you have to think that if you're a step parent or, I mean, if you, you find out that you're the parent and the real parent is uh, the guy who works at the deli section of Stater Brothers. But if he, you're a He has a name. It's Gary. Oh, Gary is such a name for that type of guy, by the way. Yeah. Classic other, Gary. Yeah. It's a Gary move. But I've got to think that I'm sure there's step parents listening that even no matter how close you are, how much you love the kids, no matter how much they love you, there's got to be some feeling of inadequacy on some level just because you aren't the actual parent. And there's got to be some feeling of holding back at certain times as the parent because you're not sure if you are legitimate enough. And there's got to be a whole, you know, psychology. So to be accepted in that way, yeah. Do we know what the story with their biological mom is? No, we don't. They didn't get into that. Okay. But yeah, I mean, who's the, who's the low talker in this audio? Oh, I, I believe that was Becky, the stepmom, who was reading. Okay, well, she sounds sweet. Yeah, she needs to find her voice. She, she's overcome, but if she talks like that all the time, then I need to pull her aside and have a word. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, you know. I guess nobody wants to be from a divorced family because that's like kind of a sucky thing. But I, I enjoy the fact that I have a stepmother. And the best thing is like I got very lucky because I got a stepmother that's the like polar opposite of my actual mother. So everything my mom is terrible at, my stepmother is great at. It's like... I'm going to need some examples. My mother cannot cook at all, has no passion for it, and... And, the, and when she does cook, the food is not good. Mm. <laughs> but I love her. She, ma- she, makes, she makes good ribs. Got to say the ribs are good. But in general, and she will admit this, my stepmother's the type that will like make a sauce and send it back to New Jersey to her family. Like <laughs> sta- She will stand over a pot and mm-hmm. stir it for hours and make sure it's right. We got to get the manicotte right. And all this like oh, East, wow. Coast, East Coast style Italian cooking, that type Interesting. of person. My Was mo- your dad like, I am searching for something totally different next time round? No I, offense I, to all parties. Right. No, I think so. That or he's just whatever. I, I, I like them all, you know? Like, yeah. He's got range. Sure. Ron, Ron Perry. <laughs> but sure. yeah. But, like, my stepmom, you know, like, very meticulous about, like, styling her home and the right kind of rugs. And my mom, just, like, messy apartment, you know. Uh, my my mom, like, church mouse, you know, barely ever drinks or anything. My stepmom smoked for, like, 50 years, like, you know, two cigarettes at a time and, like, no problem <laughs> with with some white wine at 10 a.m. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But but she's just great. I love her, and she's like... A she New, sounds fun. Yeah, she's a fun New Jersey chick, and I love her, and she's great. But it's cool because I got something totally different. So here's what I'm saying is that if you're going to leave your family, bring somebody in that's different than the person that, that you left. You know? Mm-hmm. Upworthy Weekly. A mom on TikTok shared a list of hilarious things that she didn't think about before having a baby. Her name is Emily Haswell. And then other moms chimed in with things they didn't think of either. And I believe we have some audio. 
Hello, these are some things I didn't think about before having a baby that I urge you to consider. If you are having a baby with a dude, you will have to hear your mom call him daddy. Ugh. If you have a bathroom emergency while you're alone with your baby, um, your baby has to come with you because they can't survive and they just watch you with dead eyes as you fight for your life. You still have to take care of your baby even when you're in your period. The government doesn't send anybody to help what? or anything. Boomers really don't care about visiting a 32-year-old woman that's going to yell about police brutality every time they visit, but they are very interested in visiting a little cute baby that can't talk, so just know that your family is going to be around a lot more. You are responsible for clipping your baby's fingernails, even though it feels like something that a surgeon should be doing. The majority of noises that babies make sound like they're not long for this world. Um, in reality, they're just tiny scientists. You're the test subject, and the experiment is how many times a day can they make you go, Is she okay? Hello. Wow, that's good. The, the it's all true. The, the clipping the fingernails. I've never done that uh, on my kid. It like it scares the hell out of me. I think it's just like I'm gonna start. It's just like boom. He has no finger now. You know, or I'm gonna yes. cut it too small and it's gonna annoy him forever. Uh, I also don't, I don't mm -hmm. mess with the toes. So yeah, that's yeah. that's one thing I've refused to do as a parent because it just it just scares me and it's like my handshake unless I've been drinking, but then if I drink too much, then then I'm gonna be clumsy. So I'm like Gene Wilder right. in Blazing Saddles, you know, with a gun. Yeah. It's it's tough. Uh, yes, the nail thing is I laughed at that one. That's very true. I am so, so I have these little tiny scissors. They're tiny. They're like scissors meant for cutting baby's nails. Mm. And I use those. Daniel and our babysitter are more comfortable using nail clippers. Those scare me. And you know what else I don't like to do is trim dog's nails. Oh. Yeah. That scares me because I'm always afraid of like trimming it too short. So the, the few times that I have trimmed dog's nails, I'll just trim like, I'll cut off like one sixteenth of an inch or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I'm so afraid of getting into the quick. Um, yeah, no nail clippers I, I feel very ham-fisted with. But these tiny little scissors, you can get them on Amazon. The actual scissor part is like half an inch. No. Yes, like a centimeter. They're tiny. And so you they feel very uh, safe. But anyway, the thing that I did not – I mean, there's a lot of things I didn't expect about motherhood. But one thing that I definitely didn't expect is that uh, – Basically, until they get to the age that they can blow their own nose, and I don't know when that happens. It might, neither of my children are at that age yet. You basically have to help them get any sort of boogie situation out of their nose, and they don't want you to. So when they're very young, there's like these the suction devices, and there's these things called a nose Frida, and it's just a whole. It is a whole thing, and it is like no one likes it. But then when they get a little bit older, it's just saying like, okay, I'm going to come in with a tissue and they fight you on it. So a thing that I often do is I will take a, I'll say, you need a tissue and no, you need tissue. No. You want me to take a picture? So I'll take a picture and then I will blow it up and I'll show my kid that like there's something visible in their nose. Oh. So if you look in my phone God forbid I ever get hacked. It'll look like I am into something really weird. And what I am into is pictures of kids' nostrils that have boogies in them. Because there's just tons of close-ups of kids that need a tissue. So I will then show them a picture and I'll say, look. And they'll be like so amused by this. And then they'll let me use a tissue. 
I think you should have an art exhibit. You know, <laughs> opening at the Tate. So gross. Rosen's noses. <laughs> you know. Rose. Oh, if only my last name was Rose, because then it could be Rose's noses. <laughs> or Rosen Nosen. Is is Nosen like the plural of nose in in German? Maybe. Feist Nosen. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I would, my my kid the other day was in the back seat of the car, and we're coming home from school, and he's he he's got he's got one. I'm going visual here. A dangler. He, he's got a dangler, but it's like it's going all the way, like almost to his chin. And then I saw oh, him God. suck it back up, and he was like, oh, like that. This is making me sick. I was like, whoa! Like first of all, I was like, wow, props. That was kind of sweet, you know, like. If you're eating, uh, you know, a now and later and you get that nice spit where you can like spit and, you know, slurp it back up. But it it was almost like a frog's tongue came out of his nose, you know, and then went back in. Yeah. Next time I'll take a photo for you, Allison. (laughs) Please. Clearly, I'm so entertained by it. For your your fetishistic collection. Uh, Yeah, it could be. You could be in our. In our uh, art exhibit, Rosen Nosen. Rosen Nosen. Are there any other things you didn't uh, expect? I mean, honestly, and this was a lack of foresight on my part. This is really, it's really stupid. When Elliot was first born, I didn't think I needed any sort of childcare or anything. I was just like, I'm just going to have this baby and I'm going to continue to do my job and everything's going to be fine. I'll just hold him and I'll just send my little emails. What's going to be the problem with that? I didn't see any problem with like holding my baby. I didn't realize that when a baby is born, you can't do anything. You cannot do anything. You can't shower. You can't like, I mean, really, like, going to the bathroom. Like, they have to come with you. And then you have to put, when they're a baby baby, you have to put them somewhere. And I remember one of the worst showers of my life. I was alone. And I put him in this little rock and play. And there were so many warnings around that time of, like, you know, it's dangerous to have them in, like, on their back and the da 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 um, so I had, and he would, cr- unlike Owen, who was very much, a much more calm baby, Elliot pretty much wanted to be held all the time. So I was in taking, trying to take like the world's fastest shower. I had the door cracked. He was in the rock and play crying the whole time. And I'm like a, a new mom. So I'm super anxious. I'm like trying to shower. He's crying. I'm like have the door open and I'm like looking at him and like kind of trying to rock him while I'm also wet, getting water everywhere. Oh, fun times. Oh, I mean, now now that's why I almost feel like it's almost a shame that I'm not having a third because I feel like now I get it so much more and I could be so much more calm. And Mm. but I just feel like there's a real unless you have a lot of babies around you, there's a real learning curve with it at the beginning. Yeah. You know, it's hard. that third baby is going to bring you challenges and everything that are going to come out of left field. You'll be like, whoa, I didn't know I was going to get that. I thought, yeah, I mastered these two kids and the third kid <laughs> is going to be from Mars, you know? <laughs> right. So I, you know, the thing that shocked me was, uh, I got to look at the upworthy sensors in the room. I'm pointing at this. Is that okay? Yeah. How I say it. Okay. Just, Sure. That you read that right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, 
the white poop? Oh, yes. Hmm. I, I encountered the white poop once in my life, and my my kid made a white poop, and it was, I don't know, one years old or whatever, and I went, and I was all alone. My wife was at work, and I was like, alone with the child before someone came. Marley, our announcer on the show, came. <laughs> Who was your nanny? <laughs> who just got engaged, by the way. Congratulations, Marley. Graduated college. And got engaged. That's a lot. Spread it out, honey. Do you know? (laughs) But uh, so I'm all alone, and the white poop arrives in the diaper, and I was like, "Oh!" And I gagged, and I almost vomited into like the basket where he put his clothes, because the Mm -hmm. smell was so horrifying. It was like if someone took one of those uh, KitchenAid mixers and they dump like two parts poop, and then one (laughs) one part spoiled milk, and then they, Uh they. they whip that into a nice froth. And Which really is kind of what it pr- is when you think about it, I guess. Now that I think about it. eating a lot of milk, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you eat then, you know, back when right. Back when there was formula. Is right. Back when we had kids. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was horrifying. And I was like, I nearly <laughs> upchucked. That was terrifying. What I didn't expect was the tension that came between my wife and my mother mm. because my my mom was like, oh my, he looks just like Todd and would call Declan Todd. Uh, all oh. the t- go, come here, Todd, which was weird. Oh, God. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. Like my ego was, I was chuffed, as we've said, mm. and and then- my my wife got kind of tired of this and said, "You know, but I think think you know looks a little like me right there, you know." And my mom, <laughs> my mom again, quiet church mouse, looked my wife in the eye and said, "Nada." Oh. And oh boy, I thought my wife was gonna pull her take her earrings off and just go to town on my mom. I was like. Oh, you just said a bad thing, my mom. She, I just had yeah. no idea the sense how sensitive my wife was about the fact the kid came out and looked nothing like her. Like, like she almost needed to take a DNA test. You know, we almost need to take right. the mom to Maury. And, yes. you know. That's how it is with Owen, my second. So uh, it's funny you say that. The very first text my mom, my mom sent when Daniel sent a photo of Elliot was, oh, my God, he looks just like Allison. So Elliot looks a lot like me, and Daniel, before Owen hit the scene, Daniel did not love how much my mom was a broken record of, oh my God, just like Allison, oh my God, just like Allison, oh my God. Um, But then Owen popped out, and Owen is like a Daniel clone, uh, and I joke about wanting a DNA test for Owen. Yeah. And we did have we did go to a fertility clinic so i'm like it is conceivable that there was a mistake a mistake yeah. is there a part of me in that baby i don't know i mean wrong. i think at this point i think so but at the beginning i wasn't sure mm. wrong egg that's right <laughs> upworthy weekly and to finish off today's show uh one four three day pennsylvanians celebrate kindness in honor of mr rogers and his favorite number. We're talking about Fred Rogers, not Aaron Rogers. 
The number 143 was very special to Fred Rogers, the star of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, because to him it meant, I love you. It, ta- it takes one letter to say I, and four letters to say love, and three <laughs> letters to say you. 143, he was fond of saying. That was my Mr. Rogers, not my George Bush. <laughs> they are similar now that you mention it. <laughs> yeah. Dana Carvey, can we get him? Uh, three years ago, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf declared May 23rd, the 143rd day, day of the year, to be 143 day in the state, celebrating Roger's commitment to kindness. Imagine what your real neighborhoods would look like if each of us offered, as a matter of course, just one kind word to one another. Mr. Rogers once mused. And uh, Mr. Rogers was from Latrobe, Pennsylvania, and the show was produced in Pittsburgh. So they recommend that we celebrate in three ways. And one, embrace the spirit of the kindest Pennsylvanian, Fred Rogers. Two, do something for your neighbors. And number three, use hashtag 143DayMPA to spread the love. I always like that. Got to add the hashtag to it. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah, so I think that's really sweet. I mean, we have like Arbor Day. Like, who cares? Like, trees, what? But kindness, that's a beautiful thing. You know, we have so days. dismissive of trees. My word. I get where you're coming from, but I don't know that that's very upworthy of you to just say, hey, F you, trees. Mm. That, well, I mean, they do produce the air I breathe, so I guess I should be a little more, you know, shade is cool, man. So I, I was just thinking, you know, it's I can have a day dedicated to kindness. We have days dedicated to all these other things. Why not have one where it's just like, you know, we have like love, like Valentine's Day. Right. But that's a, that's a romantic love. Mm-hmm. That's an eros, right? I but, like this. This feels very upworthy. Yeah. And who else, you know, at, at a time of... Can I get my soapbox ready? I need some kind of like patriotic music. At a time of division, at a time of people not getting along, at a time when people can't agree on simple crap like maybe should, kids shouldn't be gunned down in schools, that mm. something like kindness, I think everybody even... Terrible people can get behind the idea because they want someone to be kind to them, right? Right, yes. So when is this day? It's 143. So it's the 143rd day of the year, which I guess would be different based on whether it's a leap year or not. So it's mo- most of the time it's May 23rd. Okay, great. So we have a lot of days to plan for it. Yeah. There's the 143 way to say I love you. There's the one, four, three way to say I care about you. One, four, three. One, four, three. One, four, three to say I love you. What if they had Allison Rosen Day? Like if you were like Fred Rogers and they had a day where it was like Rosen Day. And I mean, yeah. maybe you just share a picture of children's boogers and hashtag Rosen Day. Pay, pay your online bills. <laughs> justify your existence. That's right. Take a nap. Drink some diet soda. Mm. Drink a lot of coffee. Okay. I like that. Do three podcasts <laughs> and you're done. In the same hour. <laughs> yes. No, spread them out. Uh, what else? But also, here's Look the at thing. pictures of ducks and koalas. Yes. 
you never repeat material. That's what I always like, Allison. You, you made a point. I think when we first started doing the show, you're like, I never repeat material. It's always different. You made a strong point of that. I like that. Oh. Yeah. I, def- I definitely never repeat material. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Did I? I That was so hopeful of me to say that at the time. Here's the thing. Let me just. Let me just. Uh, a little coda. I never verbatim repeat material. I might revisit it and add something new to it. I always bring something new to material if I revisit the same theme. It's like jazz. Yes. I'm like a I'm like a scat performer, and I mean that in all ways. Mm. With my uh you know, like look, mm. I took a camping trip. I had to process it on multiple podcasts, but each time a little something a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking if they have like Perry Day, um, it was like you know be like National Hug a Tortoise Day. Oh, I like that. And your tortoises would like that. Do tortoises like to be hugged? Well, you know it's kind of hard to hug a tortoise. I got to be honest because they're they're very low to the ground. Right. So you gotta get you gotta get like knee pads. You gotta really get down there to get on their level. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they like their shells rubbed. Actually, if I just sit and like rub their shells, oh, like, that's so cute. They like this, or if I take the hose and you you put it on like that really tight jet spray, they like that. And I shoot it at their butt. <laughs> they'll <laughs> they'll sit and wipe, like move their butts. Oh my they gosh! Do, they do a little like shake it off Taylor Swift kind of thing. Oh, that's so cute. What do they eat? I I've asked you this before, but I need a, I need to know a little more about their diet. Uh, they eat. They love like grass. It's the cheapest mm-hmm. pet ever because I just put them on the lawn and they're fine. But they eat. Uh, I eat like dandelion, which is like a, a kind of weed you get at the store. A lot of dandelion, kale, collard greens. Uh, I throw in the occasional apple. They love tomatoes. So just fruits and veg mm-hmm. all the time. Just big green leafy things and they will take that down and do you don't give them like any sort of special tortoise food that you buy at like a pet store or anything not that they're they're, they're this size but i put like calcium on top of stuff mm-hmm. and so they can they can get their i i i, I like talk like tony montana when i'm like spraying the white <laughs> calcium powder over it you know and then do they have water that they drink like dishes of water and stuff yeah yeah and just they'll be like yeah i'm not gonna drink water for like a week and then they'll like overdo it and really stick their head in Mm -hmm. there and it's very sweet so that is just so cute well i gotta meet these guys someday these guys and gals you got to you'd love them well you'd love you'd love charlie woodson she's a sweetheart but uh the other one's kind of a, a butthole you gotta be honest. Hey, you got everybody out there. Have a good week, and review the show, please. We'll read them on the show next week. Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen, and Todd at Todd A Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week. Email us at UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week. You too, Marley.
right? Like, what do you have for me today, Satan? 